Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. here on the Sunday before Martin Luther King Jr. Day and talk about accelerating the dream because that was a man who knew how to dream and knew how to make those dreams count for something, right? You know, this morning as we were getting ready for church, um, my daughter Avery, who's six, was really um, having a hard time getting moving. And she laid down on my bed. We got a new bed and it's comfortable. And she was just laying there and I'm like, Avery, we have got to go. She said, Mom, When I grow up, I'm going to be a superhero. And my superhero power is that even when I get distracted, I will still be able to get ready faster than everyone else in the house. I was like, that was quick, girl. That was really quick. Really good. Get moving. Right? When we're kids, we know how to dream like that. Right? We know um, how to have a dream and to to be inspired to do something great. Um, I taught school for a while, and I I used to teach little kids, and and I'd always ask the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you ask that question, and sometimes you get these crazy inspirational answers. Kids who dream of being the president of the United States. Kids who have a desire to be a doctor or a firefighter or a nurse. And, And sometimes you get the odd ones, like kids who have a hope and dream of becoming a dog. That happened. Also, when Avery was three and in preschool, we were talking to like her little preschool friends. Okay, what do you want to be when you grow up? And one of the little girls goes, a cat. (laughs) And then ran off. And I was like, Avery, don't hang out with her anymore. (laughs) But kids, we know how to dream. As kids, we know how to have this dream and this expectation that's so great for the future. And, And see, I believe that today, God wants to accelerate the dream in your life. I believe that this is the season in this church. Pastor Carrie and I prayed all in 2015 leading up to 2016. We started praying, God, what do you want to do at the Movement Church in 2016? God, what do you want to do in the lives of the individuals that call this place home? What do you want to do in the lives of every person who walks through the door? And we just felt God so clearly put the word accelerate into our heart. And so we're believing that this is the year that God is going to accelerate your dreams. So what's the dream in your heart? What is the dream in your heart? How do you know if that dream is your dream or a God dream? What do you do when you feel like the dream has died? What do you do? You know, as we talk about acceleration, the definition of accelerate means to cause faster or greater development, progress, or advancement. To cause faster or greater development, progress, or advancement. See, God wants to bring faster and greater development, progress, and advancement to the dreams that you dream. That is what it means to accelerate. And I believe that in this room today, I actually believe there's a handful of different kinds of people. I know that some of you walked in this room and the idea of a dream is something brand new for you. And maybe understanding what a God dream is for your life is your next step. Maybe that's the place where you are today and you walked in here and God's going to accelerate the dream. He's going to begin to cause you to dream again, to begin to focus on God. What do you want me to do with my life? Maybe that's you today. But maybe you walked in this room and you have been a dreamer. But maybe that dream has been on hold and you've been in a waiting process and you felt a little bit stuck 
And I believe that today God wants to accelerate the dream. And then I think there's also some people in this room who walked in, and when you hear the idea of talking about dreams, it stirs up a lot of pain. Because for you, maybe the dream has died. And I believe that today God wants to resurrect the dream. You know, we've talked in the past few weeks on accelerating surrender and accelerating growth. And the reason is, is because first in our lives to accelerate, we've got to accelerate surrender, which says, God, not my will, not what I want, but your will be done, right? So we've got to do that first. It's inviting God into our life to mess around the furniture, to mess it up and to change it up a little bit. And then we talked about accelerating growth because we've got to take those next steps. What do I do to grow in my relationship with God? And today, as we talk about accelerate the dreams, I just believe that when we as a church and we as individuals put Jesus at the center, when he is at the center, there is an unstoppable momentum. And we find ourselves caught up in a movement that shifts our circumstances, removes obstacles, and demands progress, right? Divine acceleration brings God's plan to pass at a much quicker rate than is humanly possible. That is divine acceleration. So when we begin to put Jesus at the center, when he is the portion in our lives that everything else flows out of, that is when we can step into a divine acceleration. You know, when Jesus takes up residence in our life, it changes things. But I think for far too long, many of us in this room and many of people in the church as a whole have invited Jesus into our life as a visitor, but he hasn't yet taken up residence. You know, when I'm having a visitor over to my house, I get my house cleaned up, right? I stuff all of the unneeded stuff in the laundry room or throw it in the closet. I tell my kids to pick up their dirty underwear or my husband, you know, pick his stuff up off the floor. I'm just kidding, Pastor Carrie. But we get the house clean. We light the candles. Sometimes some of you may even go in and fold the last square of toilet paper up to make it look nice for your guests. Because when we have a visitor coming, we try to stuff everything in the closets and in the laundry room so that the house is clean and presentable for our visitor, right? Because they're only coming over like one time a week, maybe if they're lucky. I mean, but maybe just once a month. And I think for a long time, the church has allowed Jesus to be a visitor I show up on a Sunday morning, maybe every week if he's lucky, or maybe once a month. And I show up at church, and and maybe I've been in the most heated argument with my spouse or my kids in the car. I mean, practically to the point of throwing things, but we walk in the front doors and we shove all that in the laundry room, right? And put on a smile and walk in because we are having a visitor today, right? I think for far too long, the church has allowed Jesus to be a visitor and not to take up residence in our life. But when we will allow him to become the center, that is where we're going to experience an unstoppable momentum. That is where God begins to work because everything flows from that. And that's something I want to challenge you in today. You know, Webster's Dictionary defines a dream as this. A series of thoughts, images, and sensations occurring in a person's mind during sleep. So a dream, a a series of thoughts, images, and sensations occurring in a person's mind during sleep. How many of you have crazy dreams? Anybody? Crazy dreams? You know, Jeremy and Jessica Parham, their, their daughter Abby will spend the night at our house a lot. And I look forward to the mornings when Abby is there because that girl has some crazy dreams. And she remembers every detail of them and will tell it in full color for us to enjoy. Some of us have crazy dreams, don't we? How many of you talk in your sleep? Anybody? 
That's a dangerous thing to do, let me just tell you. Very, very dangerous. Or maybe some of you are guilty of walking in your sleep. You know, when we first got married, uh, Pastor Carrie and I were going on our honeymoon, and we were just so excited about this whole idea of the fact that we were going to get to wake up next to each other in the morning. We're so excited about it, and we went to sleep, all cute little lovebirds. And, and, and in the middle of the night, in Mexico, on our honeymoon, all of a sudden, Pastor Carrie flies up out of the bed, sit, like almost standing, and screams, Oh, crap! <laughs> I'm like, he didn't want to marry me. Like in tears. No. And he goes, shoot. Oh my goodness. And then he starts yelling people's names and yelling about our wedding gifts. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Maybe I shouldn't have married him. I mean, I was really freaked out. And then all of a sudden he lays back down and falls asleep. It's the weirdest thing. We have this, we have this other friend who he used to have vivid dreams. And one night he dreamed of a burglar breaking into his house and uh, woke up to his wife screaming, stop it. Cause he was shaking her and hitting her thinking that she was the burglar, right? Crazy. We also have a friend who was six foot five, 365 pounds. His name is Hugh. And Hugh was a grown man who spent the night at one of his uh, friend's houses and uh, who still lived with his parents, I guess. And, and so Hugh uh, found himself in the middle of the night standing in his friend's parents' bedroom, urinating on the bed. You have got to be kidding me. You can't recover from something like that, can you? People do crazy things in their sleep. People do crazy things in their dreams. You know, Paul has something to say a little bit about uh, dreamers, and I want to read it. It's in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11 through 17, and it says this, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, now listen to this part, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You see, Paul was writing to the church in Ephesus, and he was writing to the church and saying, listen, Christ gave his life for you so that you can live for him. So have nothing to do with the ways of darkness anymore, but rather come into the light. And he says, awake, awake, O sleeper. There's a great theologian named Spurgeon, and and as he was examining this scripture, he said this, and I think it's something you and I can pull from today. He said, this sleepiness in a Christian is exceedingly dangerous because he can do a great deal while he is asleep that will make him look like he is quite awake. Can I just do that again? This sleepiness in a Christian is exceedingly dangerous because he can do a great deal while he is asleep that will make him look like he is wide awake. You see, we can talk in our sleep. We can walk in our sleep, can't we? As evidence of the story before. We can sing in our sleep. My daughter Avery fell asleep from San Diego to Costa Mesa yesterday with my sister-in-law. And when they woke her up, they said, Avery, you had such a great nap. And she said, no, I didn't. 
And they said, yes, you did. You slept the whole time. And she said, no, I didn't. I was singing the whole time. We can sing in our sleep. We can think in our sleep. But this sleepiness in a Christian is exceedingly dangerous. And Spurgeon goes on to say this, the man who is asleep does not care what becomes of his neighbor. How can he while he's asleep? Hmm. And oh, some of you Christians do not care whether souls are saved or damned. It's enough for them if they are comfortable. If they can attend a respectable place of worship and go with others to heaven, they're indifferent about everything else. You see, a sleeping dreamer can't do much, can they? The dreams of someone who is asleep only affect the dreamer himself. And I believe that God is looking for some Christians who will dare to be wide awake dreamers. Wide awake and vividly aware dreamers. It is not okay to be asleep. That is why Paul said, awake, awake, O sleeper. We as a church have got to begin to awake to what God wants to do. I believe that God is looking for these wide awake dreamers. You know, in Romans chapter 13, 11 through 14, it says this, and it's talking to us. But make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of your day-by-day obligations that you lose track of time and doze off, oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence and sleeping around and dissipation and bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Listen, get out of bed, get dressed, don't loiter and linger, waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourself in Christ and be up and about. What is this scripture saying? It's saying, wake up, Christian, wake up. Be up and awake to what God is doing. You see, when we're up and awake to what God is doing, then we will know what we are supposed to do. It says, don't loiter or linger any longer. Listen, the alarm clock has been going off for hours and far too many of us are guilty of hitting snooze. I'll do that when. I'll serve God when. When I get married. When I have kids. When my kids are old enough to even know the difference, then I'll start going to church consistently. When I make more money, then I'll start tithing. We have all these conditions to God and we're hitting snooze and God's saying, be up and awake to what I'm doing. It's time to wake up. God's looking for wide awake, vividly aware dreamers. He wants to accelerate the dream. See, sleeping dreamers, they imagine thoughts, images, and sensations. But wide awake dreamers they imagine a greater reality. It's time to awake the God dream. So how do you know what that dream looks like for you? How do you recognize if this is your dream or a God dream? You know, we talked about little kids and what they want to be when they grow up. And and I think our childhood dreams are full of big faith, right? They're full of great expectation and big faith, but our childhood dreams are intrinsically motivated, 
right? It's all about me. Who am I going to become? How much money am I going to make? What am I going to accomplish? Our childhood dreams are intrinsically motivated. And I think God wants to keep the same faith in you and me as a child with an expectancy of him going to do something amazing, but to grow us up in maturity to where our dreams are no longer intrinsically motivated, but externally motivated because God is all about what he wants to do in you and through you. He is all about people. God is in the people business. And to recognize a God dream, we begin to evaluate, is this dream all about me? Is it all about what I'm going to become, what I'm going to accomplish, the name that is going to go with me, the money that I'm going to make? Is it all about me? Or does this dream have a bigger picture in mind? Is this dream about people? God wants to accelerate the God dream in your life. A God dream will take your personality your gifts and skills and your passion and align it with God's purpose. This is how you recognize a God dream. It takes exactly who you are, your personality, your gifts, the things that you're good at, the passion that you have, what you love to do, and it aligns it with God's purpose, which always has everything to do with people, by the way. That's a God dream. And you know, for you in this room, maybe the acceleration of the dream for you is just a new awareness of this God dream. Maybe it's taking your eyes off of yourself and beginning to look outward and say, God, what do you want me to accomplish with my life? Maybe that's the acceleration of a dream for you. You know, maybe some of you have been sleepwalking around through life, just kind of comfortable with the surroundings. And God wants to accelerate the dream. He wants you to get a little bit restless and start thinking and expanding your vision to say, God, what could I accomplish in this life that you've given me to live? He's looking for wide awake dreamers. You know, teenager in this room, what is the God dream for your life? In your school, in the high school that you go to, none of us get to be there. What could the God dream be for you? Teenager, what could God have you there to do? Because it's certainly not just to go from freshman to sophomore and sophomore to junior and junior to senior, and then I get to get out of here. God always attaches a purpose and a plan to the place where he has us. Teenager, what is the God dream for you? Mom and dad that are in this room, what is the God dream for you? For the children that are in your home, how are you instilling purpose and destiny into their lives? For the parents that you come in contact with at your children's school, what is the God dream there? Because God's dream is always about the people who are in our world, in the workplace, in the office, with the people you brush shoulders with. What is the God dream? How might God want you to impact the environment that you are in today? Entrepreneur. You have a passion and a skill. You've got a, a great wisdom to be able to start businesses and make wealth. So how do you partner your passion and your skill set with the purpose of God so that we can accomplish the things that God has for us to do? Entrepreneur, what does that look like for you? Hey, Christian, what is the God dream? What are you doing to help advance the kingdom of God? If you don't know what this looks like, I got to challenge you today right after second service. We have a class that takes 30 minutes. And in just 30 minutes, what if I told you that you might be able to discover what some of the purpose is in your life that God has for you to accomplish? God is all about people and the God dream is all about us using our gifts and our passions and our personalities, aligning it with his purpose to accomplish something big. God wants to accelerate the dream in your life. So wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. No more hitting snooze any longer. It's time to wake up. And for some of you in this room, it's time to unpack. 
You know, Pastor Carrie and I, we got a new mattress for the first time in 15 years. Yes. Our other one went like this, which is really nice. I mean, we like to spoon and all of that, but yeah, we, we needed a new mattress. So we got this new mattress and believe it or not, it comes in a box. It's this, re- I, trust me, it's amazing. Okay. So we get this new mattress. It comes in a box and we have to open it up so that it can like expand and grow. It's really cool. And, and so we have to make room for this new mattress, right? So we go into our bedroom and we have to get rid of our old bed and our old mattress in order to make room for this new thing. So we take down the bed, we take out the mattresses, we start coughing as we're inhaling dust, which I don't even know how dust gets under the bed in the first place, but it's there. And so we start pulling out these boxes. We live in a condo with no garage. And so all of our storage is in hidden places, all of it behind our bed. So we all of a sudden have to go through and unpack some boxes, right? We've got to make room for something new. So we go and we begin to unpack these boxes. And as we begin to unpack these boxes, we find these memories, pictures of just years and years and years ago. And it brought back to mind things that we'd forgotten. It brought back to mind people that we'd forgotten. It was just like this trip down memory lane. My girls were loving it and laughing at some of our pictures, which have thus been burned. So don't even ask to see them. But we began to unpack these boxes and dust off these things that we've forgotten. And I think there's some of you in this room today that you are here for a purpose because God wants to challenge you to begin to unpack the boxes where you have put away the dreams, where you've put away the word of God, the thing that God assigned to your life. You've packed it up and you've put it away. You see, the enemy wants to be our greatest packing partner. He's all about it. He will come and pack with you all day long because he does not want you to accomplish the great things that God has for you. He wants to minimize your expectation of the future. And so he will be your packing partner to help you put that stuff away and put it under the bed. But I believe that God wants to help you unpack those dreams today. Things that you have put away that have dust on them and get your foot back in the door of possibility and begin to reimagine and begin to redream what God wants to do in your life. You know, there's a story in the Bible in second Kings chapter four of a man of God, a prophet, and his name is Elisha. And Elisha is visiting the city and it's called Elisha and the Shunammite woman never tells us her name. She's the Shunammite woman. And so this woman has a, a, a nice house. She's a wealthy woman. She's married to an older man and Elisha, the prophet is coming to town and, and she says, you know what? I want to make him something to eat. So she offers him a meal. And, and then every time he comes to visit after that, he continues to come to her house to have a meal. And she says to her husband, let's create a space that when the man of God comes to the house, we have a place for him to eat a warm meal, to lay down on a bed and have some rest. Let's create some space for him. And so the Shunammite woman creates this space for the man of God. And Elisha is just honored. And he, he feels like, what can I do for you? So in second Kings chapter four, 11 through 15, it says this. One day he came there and he turned into the chamber and rested. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him and he said to him, say now to her, see, you have taken all this trouble for us. What can be done for you? Would you have a word spoken over you? Do you want us to speak to the king or the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, well... She has no son and her husband is old. And you see, in those days, having a child was very, very important. 
It was very, very important. And so, so he thought, okay, well, maybe I can do something here. And he says in verse 15, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, no, my Lord. Oh, man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived and she bore a son about the time in the following spring, as Elisha had said to her. You see, I just imagine that this woman, this Shunammite woman, maybe she had a dream. Maybe at one point she had a dream of having a child. That was, that was one of the greatest desires of those days. And maybe through whatever the circumstances, that just seemed impossible. Maybe she had hoped for and prayed for and fought for that dream and not seen anything happen. And I just imagine that as she stood in that doorway and Elisha says, the dream is going to happen, that she said, please don't lie to me. Please don't get my hopes up again. I can't handle that kind of disappointment again. I can't believe for something again and it not happen. But God wants to say to you today that even if you put a dream in a box, it's time to get yourself back in the doorway of possibility and begin to believe for that dream again. Because what seemed impossible, what seemed disappointing, God wants to accelerate in your life. He wants to reawaken, dust off the dust, unpack that dream and get you moving in the right direction. It is time to accelerate the dream. So let's start unpacking. Let's start unpacking. Hey, listen to me. Do not doubt in the dark what God told you in the light. Delay is not denial. Don't doubt in the dark what God showed you in the light. It's time to unpack those dreams. It's time to dust them off. And can I just challenge you that while you're at it, that you get rid of the excess baggage that's not needed. You know, when we pulled all that stuff out from behind our bed, we took the memories and the things that we needed to keep and we put them all together in one place. And all of the excess junk that we had accumulated, we took and we put it in the dumpster. So as you're pulling out that dream and as you're dusting it off and as you're beginning to rehearse your trust in God again, can I just challenge you to get rid of the junk, the fear, the doubt, the disbelief, the past experiences that have caused you to step back from what God has for you. Can you just put that in the dumpster and begin to unpack and dust off the dream that God has for you? Because he is a God of limitless potential. Amen. You know, some of you came in this room, and even as you hear me talking, you feel like the dream in your heart, it can't even be dusted off. That that thing that God once told you, that thing that you once believed for, that you once had faith for, that you once gave heart and soul for, that thing has died. And I'm here to tell you that God can resurrect that dream. In Mark chapter 5, there's a story of a man named Jairus, and this is kind of my, my life story. I love it. In Mark chapter 5, verse 21 at 22, 
It says, and when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a giant crowd was gathered all about him and was, he was beside the sea. And then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And seeing him, listen, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Can you please come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live? You see this man, Jairus, he was in a desperate place. He was in a place where he was about to lose everything that he had hoped for, everything that he had worked for, his child, his daughter was at the point of death and he fell on his knees and he implored Jesus. And I think that there's some people in this room who need to get busy contesting for the dream. It's time to begin to fight for the dream. What was the word that God spoke over your life and how do you need to begin to fight for it and to implore God for it and to believe that the thing that seems impossible is possible. And Jesus went with Jairus and they began making their way to his home. And on the way there, they got news from a messenger. And the messenger said, don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter is dead. And Jesus overheard them talking and he said, listen to me. Do not fear, only believe. Some of you need that word today. Do not fear, only believe. And Jesus went on with Jairus to the home. And when they got there, all of the friends and family, everyone that knew this man, Everyone that knew his family was weeping and crying and wailing. And they get there and Jesus says, why are you crying? She's not dead. She's just asleep. And they laughed at him. They thought he was crazy. They thought that was impossible. But Jesus took the hand of the mother and the father and he walked up and into that room. And when he walked into that room, he said to the little girl, Talitha Kume, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately she got up and began walking for she was 12 years of age and they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this. And they told him, he told them to give her something to eat. I want you to listen to me. Some of you walked in this room and the dream has died and you feel like circumstances would tell you it's impossible to dream again. It's impossible for that thing that God once put in my heart to actually happen. And I'm here to tell you that our God is the God of the impossible. I'm here to tell you that no matter what the circumstances say, no matter what the people in your world say, your close friends and family, even though they may not believe it's possible, God still says it's possible. And if you will just take the hands of Jesus and walk into that room of impossibility, in that room of impossibility, Jesus makes things possible. And Jesus is still in the business of bringing dead things to life. He's still in the business of resurrecting dead things and bringing them to life. And he wants to do the same thing with the dream that is in your heart. He wants to do the same thing for you today. Would you be brave enough to hold on to the hands of hope and begin to believe again, to begin to trust again? God is looking for some wide awake, vividly aware dreamers. He's looking for men and women and teenagers who will look beyond the internal motivated self dreams. He's looking for people who are not sleeping dreamers who are only worried about themselves, but he's looking for wide awake dreamers who are up and awake to what God is doing, who are looking at the world around them and saying, what can I do? How can I take my life and make it count for something? You know, in the past few days, I've been just overwhelmed by just the faithfulness and goodness of God. But I've been so convicted and so reminded that life is but a vapor. 
here today and gone tomorrow. And we have but one life to make count for something. You know, when little Dean was in the hospital and we were praying over him and praying for healing in his body, I was thinking every moment matters. We have friends who pastor in Minnesota and this week, one of the pastors on their team, his wife was killed in a tragic accident, leaving behind four children. And in that moment, I remember every moment matters. Life is here today, gone tomorrow. We sat at the wedding of one of our teenagers who grew up in our youth ministry yesterday. And I was overwhelmed with emotion because I thought every moment, every investment, every tear cried, everything fought for, it matters. What are you living for? You see, I don't think God just wants to accelerate a childlike dream. I think God wants to accelerate a dream in this church of people who are up and awake to what God is doing, who desperately want to be used by him and make our moments count. I believe that God wants to resurrect a dream that has died. I know there are people in this room and God is speaking to you even now in this moment. I know that there's some of you who have packed things up and put it on the shelf. Everything would tell you it's not possible and it's time to unpack and dust it off again. It is time to be wide awake dreamers. You know, Paul in the book of Acts in chapter 16, when God gave him a dream, he gave him a dream of Macedonia and he gave him a purpose to go and to preach the gospel to the Gentiles there. And it says in Acts chapter 16 that that dream became the roadmap and that roadmap took him where he needed to go. In fact, it says in the message version, they went to work at once. What does God want you to go to work at once doing right now? What is that thing right in front of you? When that little girl was raised from the dead, what did Jesus say? He said, give her something to eat. It sounds so simple, but it's so practical. She'd been sick and then she had died. And when she woke up, she was probably hungry. So what did he do? Give the child something to eat. The dream that's in front of you is not too big for you. There are steps that you can take right now. There are things that you can begin to do right now. For some of you, it's just to begin to pray. For some of you, it's to begin to surrender your life to Christ, to bring Jesus in the center and to allow him to give you a God dream. For some of you, it's to dust off the boxed up package and to believe again. For some of you, it's to hold the hand of hope and let Jesus resurrect that dream so that you can accomplish the things he has for you to do. It's time to get to work at once. What is your next step? What can you do? What can you do with what's right in your hands, what's right in front of you right now? Can I encourage you to dream? Can you dream? And can I challenge you too, especially the millennial that's in the room, if you're in your 20s, I want you to listen to me. Sometimes the dream has to be contested for. So just because you're a dreamer and you're passionate and you're wide awake and you're excited about what God might be doing does not mean that you jump ship and you bail and run off to another state because I'm dreaming. No, sometimes the dream has to be fought for. The dream has to be contended for. Sometimes God wants to work out this thing called perseverance inside of us. So we don't just jump ship. We take care of what's in our hands. And then God begins to expand the dream. That's how God works. And I believe in this room today that God wants to accelerate the dream in your life. It's time to wake up. It's time to unpack. And it's time to eat. You know, maybe there's some of you in this room and and maybe this resonates with you. Maybe you go, I want a dream. Maybe you go, "I I want my life to count. 
At the end of it all, I, I want my life to have mattered. I want to have done everything that I could. But maybe you're in this room and, and this is new to you. Maybe you walked in this room really wavering in your faith. Maybe uncertain of who God is in your life. And can I just tell you that the next step is simply surrender. It's simply inviting Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Don't worry about it being dark where you're sitting right now. In fact, this probably gives you a good moment just to look inside. Not at anything or anybody else. Maybe you're in the room today and your next step is simply to surrender your life to Christ. To say, God, not your will, but not my will, but your will be done. Maybe that's your next step. And if you're in the room today, I don't believe it's by accident that you're here. And if you've never made a decision to surrender your life to Christ, can I challenge you in just a moment? I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask you to pray with me. And I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer of faith. You don't have to pray out loud. You can pray in your own heart. It's between you and God. But I want to challenge you. If you have never surrendered your life to Christ, today's the day to dream a God dream. We've got to get to know the giver of dreams. He knows you. He chose you. It's why you're here. He's just waiting for you to get to know him. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Every, every person in this room, every head bowed, every eye closed. I believe there's somebody in the room today that maybe you've just been running from God. Maybe long ago you used to believe, but circumstances and fear and things that have come your way have just made you doubt who he is. And I want to tell you that he sees you. He knows you. He's just waiting for you to run back to him. I don't know who you are, but can I challenge you that as we pray this prayer, if you'll just pray a prayer of surrender, then God will step in and he'll begin to do the rest. So if you're in this room and you've never made a decision to follow Christ, or maybe it's just been a long time and you've been running the far, far away, would you just pray this prayer with me in your own heart? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Dear God, I know that you're real. I know that you sent your son Jesus to pay the price for my sins. And I know I've messed up. God, I pray that today you would forgive me of all of my sins. Today I make a decision to believe in you. And all across this room, if that's you today, just say these simple words. Jesus, I give you my life. And in that simple act of surrender, God begins to do what only he can do. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you please email us at info at theocmovement.com. And if you were not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Please send us an email at info at theocmovement.com. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church.